This is the Daily Signal podcast for Monday, October 14th. I'm Robert Bluey. And I'm Virginia Allen. Happy Columbus Day. Today, we share an interview with John Murray, president and founder of the Imago Day Leadership Forum, an organization that is changing the lives of young people by empowering them to be thoughtful leaders who live out their faith. We also read your letters to the editor, and Kiana Stedman is back with a good news story about a homeless woman with an opera singing voice who has captured the attention of the nation. Plus, we will play a brief Columbus Day speech delivered by President Ronald Reagan. Before we get to today's show, Rob and I want to tell you about one of our other favorite podcasts called Heritage Explains. That's right. Heritage Explains is a weekly podcast that explains all the policy issues we hear about in the news at a 101 level. Hosts Michelle Cordero and Tim Desher mix in news clips and music to tell a story, but also bring in Heritage's experts to break down complex issues. For example, what happens if the House impeaches President Trump? Can red flag laws actually prevent mass shootings? And how should the United States approach China? Heritage Explains offers quick 15 to 20 minute explainers that bring you up to speed in an entertaining way. You can find them on Apple Podcasts, Google Play, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts. We even put the full episode on YouTube. Now stay tuned for today's show, coming up next. I am joined on the Daily Signal podcast by John Murray, author, speaker, and the founder and president of the Imago Day Leadership Forum, an organization that is changing the lives of young people by empowering them to be thoughtful leaders who live out their faith. John, thank you so much for joining me. Uh, thank you for having me, Virginia. It's great to be here. The mission of the Imago Day Leadership Forum is to raise up a generation of young people that view themselves and others as leaders who are also image bearers of God. And John, you all seek to accomplish this mission through your fellowship program for eighth grade students and through a powerful curriculum that can be used by schools, churches, and families, as well as through lectures and other resources. And we'll get a little bit more into that in a moment. John, this has been an exciting season for you all. Can you explain what the Imago Day Leadership Forum has been working on in regards to your new curriculum? That's a a great question. Well, I had had been teaching a leadership class in my school in the D.C. area for a couple of years as our graduates left eighth grade and went out into different schools in the D.C. area, both public and private. And I developed a a leadership retreat where we went to uh, down into D.C. and stayed in D.C. and met with different leaders, both in politics and the media and uh, civil rights. And then we also did an end-of-the-year retreat before the students graduated uh, in Gettysburg just to talk through what the challenges and fears and excitements they were going to face as they went into high school the next year. Well, fast forward to July 2014, uh, I came to St. Louis and brought my family to lead a multiracial school, uh, 3K through 6th grade, one month before Ferguson. So after Ferguson happened and the all the events began to unfold, I realized that I had a lot to learn to lead a school that was one-third of African-Americans. And one of the lessons I quickly learned from friends of mine in St. Louis was just the need to facilitate, better facilitate personal relationships between the white and black parents in our school community so they could understand and learn from each other's perspectives, especially just for a lot of our white parents to understand the racism that a number of our African-American parents had faced in St. Louis for many years. 
relationships. Uh, and after seeing the power of these relationships and conversations at the parent level, uh, I decided to develop uh, a leadership forum for our alumni and other students in the community to affirm both their identity and faith in Jesus uh, and learn more the importance of loving others uh, different from themselves as image bearers of God, both in history and today. So that was kind of the genesis of my program and how when I came here and, you know, implemented it to reach a racially, socioeconomically and denominationally diverse group of students. That is so critical and obviously such a need in our current culture. So what is the advice that you give to parents, young people, educators who come to you and want to know how do how do we engage in those conversations with with people that are of of different backgrounds, look different than us, and maybe live out their faith differently. No, that's great. And that's, you know, really what I try to model just in my leadership forum as I talk about this with other school communities and parents. So my first group that I led had 20 students and I choose eighth grade because I feel like this is a really pivotal age as they're preparing to go into high school, as they start to own their faith and are still you know, going from concrete thinking to critical thinking and their emotional and social development, they're still open to engaging. So we met for 10 nights on Sunday nights over the course of a spring semester for 10 weeks, I should say, culminating with a week-long combined trip to Gettysburg and D.C. And what was so neat is I walked them through the curriculum that I put together on who am I, asking, you know, a lot of questions, very question-based, you know, how does the media influence me? What is my identity? Where did I come from? Where does my creativity come from? How should I view others? How should I not view others? Bringing diverse kids together and hearing their perspectives on going through these questions was just really powerful for kids to understand how people may think about things differently than they do or how things may impact them differently than they do, whether it's in the media or the books they read and so forth. So to me, that is what's so powerful is talking about the challenging issues of our day in a racially diverse group to understand one another uh, so they can treat each other well, even if they may not always agree with one another. I just think this is preparing them to be leaders in their schools, uh, particularly in just such a hyper-partisan, polarized um, country that we find ourselves in now. John, this has been an exciting season for you all. Could you explain what the Imago Day Leadership Forum has been working on in regards to your new curriculum? Well, as I started this, you know, I've just gone full time with this uh, this past year. I got my 501c3 nonprofit status. And I, through the help of a grant from the McClellan Foundation, I produced a curriculum that um, has uh, research that was done by the Barnard Group just on the questions I was asking uh, Gen Z students uh, and students ages 13 to 18 at this point, uh, as well as I produce 40 videos that go along with the e-textbook that kids can click on and watch. So my goal is to get this curriculum into school, Christian schools all over the country so they can engage um, in these issues and, and just, you know, see diverse perspectives on um, how to engage the culture, but all bringing it back to uh, a biblical worldview of what it means to be an image bearer of God and how we should approach one another. Uh, so my 
my vision is for schools to emulate what I'm doing, whether it's in the classroom, an eighth grade classroom, or starting their own leadership group within their school, or maybe partnering with an urban school and bringing together leaders that they would walk through something outside of school um, so that it would be um, a resource and that can be used in schools across the country. And obviously I'm available to train faculty and come in and lead sessions or speak to students. So the, you know, the genesis is here in St. Louis, and I do a local leadership group each year, and this is going to be our sixth year. I'm also providing materials to enable schools around the country to do this as well. That is so critical and so practical to have a curriculum that families can take and, and use, that schools can use in their classrooms. And that's called In Whose Image, correct? Yes. Okay. Yes. Great. John, I, I want to ask, you know, we, we live in a culture that is constantly changing and it's, it's honestly really hard to keep up with sometimes. At Imago Day, how, how are you all ensuring that the resources like In Whose Image uh, are, are staying up to date with the challenges that parents and educators are facing? That's a great question. And that was one of the reasons when I... Uh, did my grant proposal was to do this as an e-textbook. Uh, there is no hard copy uh, because when I have, you know, six to seven videos per chapter, I'm asking questions such as, do you know what it means to be, be an image bearer of God? Or do you know what it means, uh, how to define you and your life and, and bring meaning to your life? I'm using a lot of times movie clips or TV commercials or pop culture to speak into uh, these issues and and teach critical thinking and discernment. Um, so, but I have the ability since these are linked to my website to go in and update these. Or uh, there's a new issue that comes up that I feel like we really need to speak speak into. Then I can do that so it can remain current. That's great, and I think that. You know, for so many parents today and even young adults like myself who want to have a family one day really wrestle with this question of how do we raise men and women of integrity when we live in a culture that sometimes undermines traditional values. So what advice do you give to those parents? Well, that's a, that's a, it's a great challenge. And I think that's obviously one of the great fears of many parents uh, in our country. And what I think is that obviously age appropriately as you raise your children, just to engage them in things that you feel like they can handle, uh, whether it's current events or um, media that's coming out, whether it's a Disney movie or a song by, you know, on the radio that you start engaging them and teaching them critical thinking skills and media discernment. So you're not making them fearful of the culture or fearful of the media, but really helping them discern what is right and what is wrong. Um, because I just feel like uh, we can't, there's too much out there. We, there's no way we can shield our kids from everything. And if they go over to other friends' houses, they may be exposed to things or even in their schools. So it's just equipping them as they grow up and they're ready to take on different issues, uh, just how to speak in these issues. And, and from my perspective, being um, a Christian educator would be from a biblical worldview. 
Yeah, absolutely. And why why the name Imago Day? Well, uh, Imago Day is Latin for image of God. And when I thought about uh, this leadership forum, when I look at all the challenges that we're facing currently in this generation, training up uh, Generation Z, uh, whether it's uh, like I said, in the media or with our identity, whether it's our race or our gender, um, where we come from, uh, this goes back to, you know, the Declaration of Independence that we are all created equal, that we are endowed by our creator with certain unalienable rights. And these are, this is a belief that was obviously has taken many, many years for different groups to be realized in American history, but is one that if you go back and look at when civil rights were fought for women, for African-Americans, for Native Americans, for the disabled, for mentally ill, the leaders on the forefront of these movements were many times quoting not only the Declaration, but uh, the Bible where it talks about that God created us in his image, male and female. Um, that, you know, Galatians 3.28 talks about uh, whether male, female, basically rich or poor, uh, slave or free, that we are all one in Christ. So this idea of how we treat one another as image bearers and how we view ourselves, because with social media, it's so easy to just uh, have the fear of what other people think of us and having low self-esteem, uh, just helping students understand where their self-worth ultimately comes from. Yeah. All these things are why I think it's so important to idea uh, this what it means to bear God's image, not only just in our country's history, but just uh, in the history of the faith, but in how we should view ourselves and others is hugely important, given all the challenges facing this generation. So this is a really, it's an exciting time for you all. I mean, there's no shortage of issues to engage on, and you have this new curriculum. What are your hopes for Imago Day, let's say, over the course of, of the next year? Well, again, my prayer would be that this could be a resource that would help, you know, schools that would want to implement this, uh, whether it's a Christian school or even a public school that might be interested in a faith-based curriculum to work with their students after school. Again, just looking at these issues of how to view others and ourselves uh, in a healthy way. Uh, also, this is a great resource, I think, for homeschool families uh, that they can go through with um, their eighth or ninth grader. Uh, as well as church youth groups. I mean, this is obviously a curriculum that would work well in a Sunday school class or in a, a Bible study, just because it does weave in a biblical worldview as I look at through all these. But I also really write this from a perspective that uh, a non-believer would hopefully be able to engage with the material because uh, I am quoting a lot of research and statistics, um, a lot of brain research is just on the impact of heavy media diet on us and ultraviolet media or pornographic media that that it does have you know negative impact and you know there are brain differences that we need to know about between boys and girls um you know just these type of things uh but but to what a healthy screen life looks like um and a healthy way of treating others um so again and looking at part two of my book, which I get ready to launch, is called Hollywood Meets the Apostles' Creed, which looks at how the faith is portrayed in the media, both positively and unbiblically, just to help kids, you know, 
own their faith and understand their faith from um, a biblical perspective. And then part three is uh, looking at how this belief in the image bearer of God has impacted uh, history, uh, particularly American history. So um, if you ask me a year from now what I think this would look like, would see people using this curriculum, <clears throat> whether it's in their schools or home or church and youth group, but also preparing uh, for part two and three to come to also speak into these other issues. So it's looking at, again, uh, affirming a student's identity, uh, their faith in Christ, and learning the importance of loving others as image bearers, both in history and today. Um, so it's kind of multifaceted as I go forward. For any young people or parents listening, how can they find out more and apply for the fellowship or uh, attain some of those resources, the curriculum, and so forth? Yeah, if you uh, go to my website, uh, idleadershipforum.org, you'll see um, just the curriculum resources that we have, uh, as well as opportunities that the different topics that I can come speak on, uh, whether it's a student assembly or a parent uh, meeting or a youth a faculty meeting, uh, as well as um, if they wanted to model uh, a leadership forum in their community after what we're doing uh, with our forum here in St. Louis, they could do that as well. And I would be happy to, you know, equip them with what we do on our leadership retreat and so forth, which going back to one of your original questions of how we're um, helping students speak into this is taking them away and really allowing them to bond with one another and see each other, you know, outside their school environments is huge. And just being in a community and then hearing from these speakers who are very inspirational um, and just hearing their stories um, of just how they've faced adversity, whether, you know, whether white or black, male or female, and just how God has used them. Um to glorify him in their areas, whether it's, like I said, be media or politics or in civil rights has been very powerful. And one of the really neat things we do is uh, we actually get a permit from the uh, National Park Service and set up, they come and set up a podium in a sound system on the very spot where Dr. King gave his I Have a Dream speech. And we all take turns reading from that speech (laughs) with everyone around at the Lincoln Memorial. And it's just so powerful uh, we've done that the last two years now, and just to be able to read that speech together um, and on the very spot where you did that is, is very meaningful. So it's just creating those experiences that I think they'll never forget. We read the Gettysburg Address, uh, the very site, uh, the cemetery where Lincoln gave it. Um, and, you know, he harkens back to this idea of uh, all being created equal as we've been fighting for these rights in our country for many years. So... I just think that's part of um, what I think is so important is just bringing kids together around ultimately, in our case, the common bond of Christ and um, learning from each other's perspectives, but also just learning from history and how we can go back in our schools and be leaders. Uh, Well, John, we thank you for what you're doing through Amago Day to train up young people that are leaders and that are seeking to bridge those cultural divides and bring unity. And we thank you so much for your time as well on the Daily Signal podcast today.
Well, thank you so much, Virginia. And thanks for giving me the opportunity to share about what we're doing here and hopefully to really help parents in raising Generation Z, which I think is a fantastic group of students just to glorify God and all they do. Our pleasure. Do conversations about the Supreme Court leave you scratching your head? If you want to understand what's happening at the court, subscribe to SCOTUS 101, a Heritage Foundation podcast breaking down the cases, personalities, and gossip at the Supreme Court. Today we are celebrating the landing of Christopher Columbus in the Americas in 1492. That's right, and nearly 500 years later, President Ronald Reagan delivered remarks at the signing of the Columbus Day Proclamation on October 3, 1988. We're going to play a portion of his remarks for you today. Carlucci and Secretary Verity and distinguished international guests, we're here today for the signing of the Columbus Day Proclamation. It's on this day we revisit the enduring lessons of his courage and leadership. Columbus, of course, has always held a proud place in our history, not only for his voyage of exploration, but for the spirit that he exemplified. He was a dreamer, a man of vision and courage, a man filled with hope for the future and with the determination to cast off for the unknown and sail into uncharted seas for the joy of finding whatever was there. Put it all together and you might say that Columbus was the inventor of the American dream. Of course, we recognize others besides Columbus today, for just as Columbus, a son of Italy, inaugurated the age of European exploration in this hemisphere, so too have millions of Americans of Italian descent contributed to the building of this nation of aspirations on this continent of hope. Over the years, millions have left that country for these shores, often carrying scarcely more than the prayers in their hearts and the determination in their souls. And as they've come, they've brought with them the richness of the heritage of their homeland and given its richness and strength to our land. Spain also claims Columbus and his achievements. And millions of Americans of Spanish heritage have also followed in his wake. Like immigrants from all over the world, they have lived the American dream and made it a reality for themselves and their children and the generations that followed. Yes, Columbus Day is an American holiday, a day to celebrate not only an intrepid searcher, but the dreams and opportunities that brought so many here after him and all that they and all immigrants have given to this land. In the next few years, Columbus' voyage will take on a heightened significance. The year 1992 will mark the 500th anniversary of his sailing. It is called the Quincentenary, and it may take another 500 years before I can say that easily. (laughs) But it will be a time when Americans from all backgrounds Look back on all that voyage has meant to mankind over the past half millennium. Do you own an Amazon Echo? You can now get the Daily Signal podcast every day as part of your daily Alexa flash briefing. It's easy to do. Just open your Amazon Alexa app, go to settings and select flash briefing. From there, you can search for the Daily Signal podcast and add it to your flash briefing so you can stay up to date with the top news of the day that the liberal media isn't covering. Thanks for sending us your letters to the editor. Each Monday, we feature our favorites on this show and in our Morning Bell email newsletter. Virginia, who's up first? 
In response to Jarrett Stetman's article, here's how Andrew Jackson stood up to unaccountable elites. Leete writes, a concise and thoughtful article. Congratulations and thanks. I look forward to your new book as the push to rewrite history is gaining steam under the radar from powerful interests. Jared's book is fantastic. It's called The War on History, and we encourage you to pick up a copy. And in response to Daniel Davis's podcast interview with Bruce Ashford titled The Gospel of Marxism, A False Religion Explained, Paul writes, Great interview. Professor Ashford does a superb job outlining and explaining all the false theology inherent in Marxist belief. In the interview, Professor Ashford cites the Gulag Archipelago as a valuable book to read. He is quite right. I first read it after it was released in the West and was chilled to the bone by Solzhenitsyn's matter-of-fact description of absolute evil at work. Your letter could be featured on next week's show. Send an email to letters at dailysignal.com or leave a voicemail message at 202-608-6205. As always, we are starting your week off right with a good news story. Kiana, over to you. Thank you, Virginia. Today we have a heartwarming story that began in an unusual place. In an almost deserted subway station, Emily Zamorka, a homeless woman in L.A., got off at a metro stop after taking the wrong train. I'm just going to sing a little bit. Maybe that will make me feel better, she thought. Emily had been living on the streets for over two years after an illness, medical bills, and the theft of her valuable violin left her unable to make ends meet. So now, with her voice as her only instrument, she sang in the subway because the sound made her feel like she was living her dream of singing on stage. Little did she know that her dream would soon become a reality. When a policeman heard her singing, he tweeted a video of her with the caption, Four million people call LA home. Four million stories. Four million voices. Sometimes you just have to stop and listen to one to hear something beautiful. This video of the homeless opera singer spread like wildfire, and hundreds rallied to help her. A GoFundMe has now raised over 70000 for Emily. Captivated by her talent, music producer Joel Diamond has offered her a record deal. And this week, she lived her dream of performing on stage at the Los Angeles unveiling of their new Little Italy district. At the performance, she said, Boys, thank you so much. For all of this that's happening right now, I really thank you. I'm so overwhelmed. It's wonderful to see the support Emily has received from so many. Her story is a beautiful reminder to take the time to stop and listen to the voices around us. Thank you so much for staring that, Kiana. It's really incredible to see how one community came around this woman to absolutely change her life. We are going to leave it there for today. The Daily Signal podcast comes to you from the Robert H. Bruce Radio Studio at the Heritage Foundation. You can find it on the Ricochet Audio Network. All our shows can be found at dailysignal.com slash podcasts. You can also subscribe on Apple Podcasts, Google Play, or your favorite podcast app. 
And be sure to listen every weekday by adding the Daily Signal podcast as part of your Alexa Flash briefing. If you like what you hear, please leave us a review and a five-star rating. It means a lot to us and helps us spread the word to other listeners. Be sure to follow us on Twitter at Daily Signal and Facebook.com slash The Daily Signal News. Have a great week. The Daily Signal podcast is executive produced by Rob Bluey and Virginia Allen. Sound designed by Lauren Evans and Thalia Rampersad. For more information, visit DailySignal.com.